0: This is channel two five three. In this episode of Interchangeable White
1: Ladies. So don't hate me. Nobody yes. hate me. Okay. Uh-huh. Nobody think I'm a bimbo. Ready, we got our Nobody think I'm a bimbo. But okay, I'm an I am a child of the '80s and a teenager of the '90s. Okay, yeah, so yeah. say it. Say it. I have to say that ahead, but I've been I heard a lot of buzz about this memoir, and I decided to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. the authenticity just smacks you in the face. I loved.
0: Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. One, two, two, two. interchangeable. white ladies.
2: Interchangeable. Interchangeable. White
3: ladies! Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Megan. So, for today's essential question, what can woke aspiring individuals do to have a hot reader summer? Um, Hint read books?
2: So building off our last hot teacher summer episode, we are going to drop this hot reader summer episode. I know we cannot get rid of this theme. What, what,
3: what? I think I'm just
2: watching too much of Megan the Stallion on that show Legendary, which I've talked about before because I'm obsessed. So um, we references. have with us in studio a guest who some of you might remember, although many of our new listeners might not have dug back into our archives. Um, we have with us today Lincoln High School teacher librarian Kristen Sierra. Hello, welcome to the show. Yay!
1: Thank you so much. I it's feel like I need so like so good yeah, to be here. Let's
2: embed some applauses right. Yeah, there. I, and I feel
3: <laughs> like we just have to consistently bring you back so that we can introduce you to all of our new listeners because. Um, you're delightful. Oh, thank yes.
1: you.
2: Well, so I help listeners understand a little bit what you're bringing to the table today. Who are you? What are some things that you care about that inform um, your conversation?
1: Okay, um, I'm a teacher, first and foremost. Well. I'm a woman, first and foremost. <laughs> I have a family. Um, I love education. I love kids. Um, this is my. This will be my 15th year in education. Ooh, wow. um, and um, I love what I do. I'm the teacher librarian at Lincoln High School, as you already just said. This will be my seventh year as a teacher librarian, and um, you know, this past year was a little crazy. Yep. And it mm-hmm. just made me realize how much I love what I get to do because I didn't really get to do it last year. Um, And so I'm looking forward to this coming year. Um, And I just want to um, inspire more and more uh, students to read more and more. And I will stop at nothing. I'll do anything. (laughs) I'll do events. I will do clubs. You're so relentless.
3: Like like legitimately the (laughs) most relentless person that I've ever met in my life.
2: (laughs) and I remember one time we talked wow. about it and I was like hey how do you get these people to do and you were just like well I just asked them and if they say I just expect them to say no and then if yes. they don't say no I'm like woo great you know so and it's, I just and love like, there's like no shame in it and I no, love there's it no shame. so much of the time we
3: have like shame yes. for and women often are like I can't just asking, asking for what you want Yeah. so you're like not doing yourself enough credit of the work that you do at Lincoln and so Hope and Annie did um, I think one episode maybe a couple episodes but I really encourage If you have not listened to that episode, to go back, listen to that. Um, It's all about your philosophy around decolonizing the bookshelves and the importance of that. Um, And just I am constantly inspired by the work that you're doing in our library. When you walk in, you are met with the most diverse bookshelves of any let alone high school library, but any library that I have seen. And and our students are so unbelievably lucky to have you just as their champion and their advocate. And we did our book club, um, Read Less Basic, ar- mm-hmm. around cast and... Um, such a you book. and you were just such an asset to that entire experience, and a lot of people don't know that you were relentless with Isabel Wilkerson's team, <laughs> oh, and I love it. like even I when you receive like I really a tried. no, I tried. like <laughs> even when you receive a no <laughs> adjacent, like you still see that as like so you're telling me there's a chance, yeah, yeah. and so you like it just. um. The opportunities that you seem to be able to create for our students, no. it's just, I never knew that a, a librarian, a school librarian could do that until I came to Lincoln and you started working there. Like, legitimately, everybody, I just... Um, she's blushing
2: for listeners. Yeah, she's man. very uncomfortable. We were just talking so. about no. compliments before we started
3: recording. I'm taking it. I'm <laughs> um, taking right? it. I'm taking like, it. Like, don't deflect. But I could just gush and gush Thank and gush. Um so much. And if you're interested, like, her Twitter is... Um, on fire, her Instagram's on fire. So. Yeah, perfect. You. We'll get I that. I tag you whenever
1: later. I can. As awesome. <laughs> yes, you know,
3: as a reminder to
2: our listeners today, uh, channel 253 partners with Libro FM. If you've signed up for a membership using code, promo code Tacoma, you'll get credit for two books with your first month. The other awesome thing about Libro FM is that you can support your local bookstore. Um, and of course, many of us support King's mm-hmm. books, but you can also choose whichever local bookstore you would like to support through your Libro FM membership um, I absolutely love it and use it all the time. It's fantastic. So keep that in the back of your mind as you're listening today. All right, we are going to jump into summer reads and we've got some ridiculous categories. Uh let's talk let's start with our first one. Our first one is just simply vacation reads. I mean, it's summertime. Most of us are sort of trying to take it easy, trying to bring back vacay that we lounging. didn't have last summer mm-hmm. lounging because on a of beach, COVID. Mental um, beach,
3: physical beach, whichever Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yep, in your yard, <laughs> on your lawn. So when you got, when you two think about um vacation reads or summer reads, like what comes to mind? Well, how do you categorize how how do you define this category
1: i don't think i'm typical i i think that a lot of people think vacation means they think maybe light light reading or something that they <laughs> something they can relax and read i enjoy the tense feeling of a good thriller a oh, good or okay, a good okay. mystery or even a good yep. uncomfortable read like i don't know what it is i like to feel mm. and it, even if it's not good feelings even if it's like tenseness, Mm -hmm. suspense, or even like being uncomfortable when I'm presented with truth, Mm. like I I gravitate towards books that I want to to devote my time to when Mm. a lot of times during- the work week during Mm -hmm. the school year it can be really hard to devote the kind of mental energy that you need to read a good book like cast for example Mm -hmm. um you know even though we did read it during the school year i i tend to put a book you know that i know i'm going to need to devote like Hmm. you know Mm -hmm. mind and heart energy to to a time where i'm not trying to divide my time between work you know like vacation um so, we're, are we going to talk about specific titles, or just kind of yeah? Okay, do, do you want to define as well, Megan? For you, <laughs> oh, opposite. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. So, I think most people think opposite. Yes.
3: Um, is- so I have actually found um, that I, in the last several years, I've found it harder to sit down and actually read physical books, mm-hmm. and. That is, I think, a lot to do with the fact that I have had very limited, like, mental bandwidth. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like I've just been treading water the last couple of years, and I've talked a lot on the podcast about why that is. But um, I'm coming into this, this <laughs> recording this episode, knowing that I'm just now getting back mm-hmm. into reading because mm-hmm. I feel like I finally have the mental capacity mm-hmm. to, like, sit down and be able to just focus mm-hmm. on reading, which that's been evading me. And it's really sad because I used to devour books. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, when I think about a vacation read, I want something that's um, light and easy and fun. Um, I think I <clears throat> sometimes feel guilty about reading those like the guilty pleasure type books. <laughs> but... In other words, um,
2: some dirty
3: romance. Um Dirty Romance. Don't worry, oh, I have some recs for you. I'll never, that I've never like you'll have to because I've never um dove into those. I like okay, let so me tell you as, to pivot yeah, in the exact opposite. I really love YA.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to talk about that today. Yeah. It's the yeah. best. It's the, I best. Really,
3: it's the best. And so when I am looking to just relax in the sun, I find myself gravitating towards YA mm-hmm. more than anything no, else. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just because it's just easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy. And, like, there's some really—I I think I really love, like, the coming-of-age stories mm-hmm. and— mm-hmm. Um, like grappling with those really intense feelings that you haven't felt since you were a teenager. And yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I wonder, to your point, um, Kristen, earlier about the fact that young adult books or YA books, for those people who don't know what YA stands for, They wrestle or grapple with complex things Mm -hmm. in a way that's very digestible, and I think maybe that's part of it. And I there's something a lot of times it's like you know a first time writer or there's maybe some things that are less perfect about it, but Mm -hmm. it just feels easy to get Mm -hmm. into. Absolutely, and maybe that's partly why um, it can work for a summer read. So let's get into some recs. What would you recommend? What are you
1: recommending right now for vacation reads, either the serious ones or the pick up and and throw down? And I would like to add that I like light reading too. I tend to bring like. I tend to bring a couple of books with me mm-hmm. on vacation. You devour A light books. one, one that I've <laughs> yeah, that is sure. heavier, yeah. and then like some magazines, <laughs> oh, <perfect. laughs> which yeah. is like the ultimate light reading, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, okay, you guys, I'm obsessed with this new book that I read. I I devoured it. It's called The Firekeeper's Daughter. You mm-hmm. might have heard of it, by Angeline Booley, I believe you pronounce her name. Um, just came out, and the last the main character, um, Donis, is a Native American teen. Um, and she's she's at the center of an investigation into a murder. She's mm-hmm. a witness. Um, she is she's a, an unenrolled biracial um, native, and her she talks a bit about her birth and how even just her birth was scandalous within her community. She's always struggled with feelings, with feelings of being set apart from her community, from her tribe. And so the fact that this, what she has witnessed is also extremely controversial is kind of on par with like the beginning of her Mm -hmm. life too. It is, it reads like a thriller. Okay. You absolutely, um, you know, know even if your life has nothing like her somehow mm-hmm. you relate to her somehow you yeah. you just mm-hmm. love her and you just feel like you could be her um, I this was a page turner and just so so good um I also loved uh, this book, *Furia*, um, by Argentine author Yamil Said Mendez, uh-huh. um, centering centered around Camille, who is a um, passionate soccer player and is contending with um, her culture in um, Argentina. That doesn't place as much value on women athletes. She actually is also living in the shadow of her incredibly talented and successful older brother. And she is also in love. Huh. <laughs> and so it. It is a coming-of-age, very relatable story, but at the same time, she is so passionate, and you just admire her passion. Um, the writing is so good. Um, it's a page-turner in a different way, not necessarily a thriller, but just you care so much, and you just want to know what's going to happen. Um, that one I highly recommend. So these are just kind of recent reads that I've had. Um, I might have talked about this before. It's not exactly the newest book, but I loved Patron Saints of Nothing by Oh, my by Randy gosh, Reve. so good. I read
2: that a couple years ago, <laughs> (laughs) Actually, actually, it's a great book for a summer read. You're right.
1: I reread it, and I I wanted to recommend it just to Hope, especially because of where it takes place. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one um, is—so Randy Rebae is um, an um, American—oh, my gosh— I can't remember where he's from. He's Filipino-American, yeah. But, I mean, um, sorry, I can't remember where he's from in America. California, uh, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I think California. But he's, yeah, Filipino-American, and he, the main character is also, um, and he kind of, he wrestles a bit with his identity, um, kind of where he fits in. Doesn't, quite fit in with his filipino family and and also feels kind of other you know in california um he travels back to the philippines after tragedy strikes the family and is um engaged in trying to unravel this mystery of what happened to his cousin and in it he rediscovers like well, he discovers his culture mm. and he kind of um, uncovers a lot of very uncomfortable truths about the government and how it works and the complicated nature of politics in his home country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It's so good. I wouldn't call it a light read, but I also wouldn't call it a heavy read. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. it's just good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, it's so funny. Um, that book I sent to um, my nieces who are Filipino-American— And biracial, and they live in the Philippines right now. And so I sent it to them just as a a thought to read, and they really loved it. And then um, we did kind of like an impromptu book club via Zoom on it. Um, and then they gave it to some of their friends there that are not necessarily Filipino American, but one of the um, one of the responses I got back was just like they had never read a book like that, and yeah, so it's very unique. Um, it it's is really interesting, I think, and just kind of thinking about what what kind of exposures um, and and stu- and people who feel like kind of trapped in that sense of identity and like what does it mean to have a place. In multiple cultures or multiple—even, like, generationally. The book really deals actually a lot with generational, yes. too, not even just, like, different continents. And I think that's a really great entry point as well.
1: Yes. I think any child of an immigrant could really yep. glom onto this and feel some, um, you know, similarities with what Jay feels in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and are we going to talk separately about nonfiction? Yeah, we'll yes. just do that. <laughs> yeah. So, a couple okay. of
2: um, reads that were recommended from folks in the two five three Channel two five three Network. Which, by the way, if you're not a member, you should be subscribing. Definitely. How much is it, Megan? Four dollars a month. That's it. It's like a latte. Right. It's nothing. And you can totally do it. And it's fantastic. Isn't it great to be part of that wild Slack channel that That happens?
3: Wild. I I truly (laughs) if you are looking for like minded people that live around you in your community and you want to feel connected to um, people that care about similar things as you and are working towards similar things as you, I think there's no better place to be right now in Tacoma.
2: There's actually a really fascinating conversation on um, who who to vote for for mayor. And I love Mm. that everyone's diverging, but people are totally respectful,
1: totally open and
2: honest. And like, Mm. here's why I'm supporting so-and-so or why I'm supporting Mm. so-and-so. It's pretty great. I think I
1: need to listen to that. Yeah, it's
2: awesome. (laughs) It's
3: it's absolutely like it's one of those things where, especially because of COVID, you could have felt like really disconnected this over the last like 18 months. And it's a really Mm -hmm. good way to remember that there's a lot of people that, care just as much as you living in in tacoma yeah
2: so joe iseman um who is one of the og fans of channel 253 and listener of all the podcasts uh recommended a couple of things for us in this vacay reads one is the leviathan leviathan wait uh, sorry why wow, i can't even talk mm-hmm. leviathan wakes which is mm-hmm. part of the expanse mm-hmm. series i don't know mm-hmm. i don't i don't mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any yeah. idea i was yeah. reading a little bit about it james a Corey is the mm-hmm. author what do you either of you know about
3: this series or i just author? know a ton i've had many people recommend it to mm-hmm. me
1: okay. I, I, there's been a lot of buzz in the librarian world over this too I have not read it okay. but I do know the author's name I've heard it several times
2: and apparently if you're into cooking Rodney Scott has a new cookbook that's oh, awesome yeah. mm-hmm. so if you're interested in that that's a great read um, It's got. I actually really enjoy reading cookbooks because it's I don't know it's just something some kind of soothing and you're like ooh I could go do this and then you don't but at least you could you could go do it Mm -hmm. Um, Chrissy Calera who listens to the show quite a bit uh, also recommended a collection of short stories called Roar Mm. by Cecilia Ahern and it's I really enjoyed reading that book as well. And we both were talking about how because it's a short story collection, you can pick up, read a story that's a few pages and yeah. then drop it and pick it up mm-hmm. again, drop mm-hmm. it. And you don't it's, you don't have to worry it's about nice. kind of popping yeah. in mm-hmm. and out. Um, also, all of them are female oriented. And so it's all about like women overcoming. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of the stories actually kind of teeter on magical realism. So you're like reading and you're like, oh, there's a hole that just opened up and they all just dropped into it. Yeah. But now they're facing their reality like what? So but it's not so <clears throat> much like that that you feel feel weird or disconnected but it's just the right amount um and it's i think a great vacation easy reading
3: and of course we're going to link all of these books in our show notes our show notes are going to be wild for this episode
2: Yep, we have one more. I think Vacay Read that or fits in the Vacay Read category, and this one's for you, Megan, because you were talking about not reading very much romance. So, Facts. uh Corinna Tarvin <laughs> recommended a wicked kind of husband by mm. Mia Vinci, I believe is the last name. Uh, and yeah, there you go. Juicy romance, get in there.
1: On it. Can I recommend a quick romance? Yeah, do it. I loved the Lovely War, and um, mm. it, it. I wouldn't call it a dirty romance at all. It's really <laughs> it's a unique. Clean romance. It's. It's a sweet Puritan Puritan <laughs> right up my, my alley. <laughs> it is um, narrated by Aphrodite herself, mm. and it's set in t- uh, World War II. Um, fantastic writing. Excellent audiobook if you want to buy that through yep. Libra FM and support t- King's books Um, that's what I did and I love it because each character is in a different voice it's one of those Mm -hmm. that's just really well done Mm -hmm. Um, and true to the accents of the characters since it's in Europe in World War II Um, it also deals with really uncomfortable you know racial aspects of World War II and our black troops Mm -hmm. um, there and their interactions with when they were in Paris. Um, but mostly it centers around some really beautiful love stories. Mm, I like So it. That's awesome. But you get to learn a lot about World War II at the same time. Perfect. So
2: let's jump into our YA category. We said mm-hmm. it's young adults. Is there anything else, uh, Kristen, as our like resident expert, mm-hmm. that we should know about like what defines YA books and why mm-hmm. people love them or hate them?
1: I feel like your definition was just right on the target. Just um, books that... Teach us about current events and even past events, but in a way that is digestible for teens. And, I mean, everyone can love YA, not just teens, not just young adults. But um, it explores, you know, complicated aspects of life and history um, and, you know, just the current climate of things, um, but in ways that are—make them easier to discuss. Mm -hmm. Maybe not easier— just fun to discuss i don't know how to i don't really will you repeat what you said like really it's, it's, i should know this it's tackling
3: um
2: let's say like complex issues complex in issues way.
3: in really digestible yeah. ways yeah.
2: It's, yeah and why would you define it as like that 11 year old to 18 i mean what we think about a teenager or do we think young adult is more like that I don't know I think high school school. I
1: think I would say maybe 16 and up like 16 to like 23 or something like that like you know I don't know yeah so what do you recommend what are you reading right
2: now in this category that you think is just so good
1: well I kind of I think um mixed up my (laughs) vacay reads with my YA reads but and I think before we went on air we were talking about authors we love who just can do no wrong and one of them um is a former you know guest of lincoln high school and hopefully future miss jackson if you're listening (laughs) we love you so tiffany d jackson um she just can do no wrong i love every single one of her books um excitingly, she's coming out with one called White Smoke mm-hmm. this fall that I can't wait to read. She just doesn't <laughs> quit. She just
2: writes. It's like every couple months, like, My pop out. God, there's another one. Knows. There's another one. And they're all good. They're all good. Yes. And none, all, of yeah, them, none of them are disappointed. Yes. You're like, Absolutely. oh, yeah, this is still good. Yep, this is also yes. good.
1: And she wrote a book with five other YA authors, fantastic YA authors, um, An- Angie Thomas, mm. Nick Stone, Donnell Clayton, um, Ashley... Oh, forgive me, Ashley Woolrick, I believe is her last name, and Nicola Yoon. Hmm. Um, You'd recognize all of their work, Mm -hmm. you know. If I don't want to list off all their titles, but they wrote a book called Blackout, and it's a um, each chapter is a different love story Hmm. set in New York City in the summer during a blackout. (laughs) Oh, awesome! So Tiffany um, wrote. A chapter in that i have not read it yet i want to i've ordered it but i really loved *Grown*. and disclaimer it it, it has kind of a trigger warning trauma warning because it does deal with sexual assault mm. it does deal with um um well older older men preying on younger mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. Um, particularly in this case um Women of color. Mm. Our main character, Enchanted, is an aspiring singer, and is extremely talented, um, and is well athlete and singer. She enters a singing contest um, in in which she meets a famous singer. Think maybe um, when I when she describes him in the book, I think maybe like Nelly or something. I, I think of somebody like that, mm-hmm. like just very charming and um, talented and. She, he really gives her a lot of attention. She's in high school. She's only 16 years old. And um, they strike up a friendship. And then um, at first you kind of think the book is going to be about about her career. And then you realize that it's taking a turn into um, an inappropriate relationship between oh, a grown 28-year-old mm-hmm. man and yeah. a high school girl. Oh, mm-hmm. And so, again, trauma warning. There is, there is sexual assault. And a lot of people compare this to— um, the R. Kelly documentary, mm. um, or, you know, just aspects of that. The author herself, um, says that that was not the inspiration. The inspiration is, uh, her story and many other women she knows who, um, were in relationships with men who had no business being in relationships yeah. with them when they were children. Well, when they were teenagers. So it is an extremely powerful book and probably one of the most powerful books I've, fiction mm. books I've read all year, um. Nick Stone cannot go wrong with that woman. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, loved her recent um, foray into middle grade mm-hmm. okay. and loved Dear Justice, which I read with Miss mm-hmm. Gladowski's sophomores this year. Um, and let's see. When we talk about nonfiction, I have a couple of other titles to talk about. Yeah. Maybe I should save Great. those.
3: Megan, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you were saying you also really love Nick Stone's work. Yeah, I do. Um I really loved Clean Getaway. Like I said, I really love um, YA. And I think like I think of YA there's like younger version as well. Um One that I was thinking about, just thinking about this episode that I loved when I was younger, was it's called Walk Two Moons. Mm -hmm. It's by Mm -hmm. Sharon Creech. It's like a classic. Uh, It's a classic. But um, I can't like recommend. I when I was little, I read that book probably
1: Mm -hmm. loved it six or seven times. (laughs) Oh my god, over
3: and over and over again. Um, But talk about like a coming of age story and um, this thirteen year old girl going on a road trip with her grandparents to find her mother um, that left the family. And it's just it's a beautifully written. Um, story and then also Internment by Samira Ahmed. Yeah, that
2: book's um, really really good.
3: It's um, a parallel. I think I really resonated with it. It's like a parallel of Muslim Americans being sent to internment camps in mm-hmm. the United States, and kind of a parallel of the Japanese American mm-hmm. internment camps, and um, kind of discussing the the concepts and ideas around rebellions and um and so I I really love that book. Mm-hmm. So those are all mm-hmm. um, kind of. Books that
2: I. Mm. A couple more um, books from Corinna Tarvin that was recommended, and we're going in that kind of overlap what you said about light summer reads, slash, you know, YA. So, some silly rom com style books um, for young adults or for anyone who wants to read them. Uh, From Little Tokyo with Love by Mm -hmm. Sarah Kuhn. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about that book, but she highly recommended that, as well as Emergency Contact by Mary Choi.
1: Haven't read that one yet. Yeah.
2: So apparently they're super fun. Um, and I'm adding them to my Goodreads list, of course. And then I think a lot of folks might be familiar with Angie Thomas's work, The Hate You Give. Um, mm-hmm. And then, oh, what was the second one? I just, I see the cover in uh, my head.
1: Oh, uh, On the
2: Come Up. Uh, on the Come Up. And, thank you. And then Concrete, yes, Rose, Concrete Rose. And Concrete Rose has yeah. been on my list to read for a while, yeah. for uh, especially for this summer. Um, but if you haven't read that, it. apparently Ooh, it's awesome. So good. And the audiobook is what's really, really fantastic yeah. as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk some nonfiction.
0: Hello, friends. This is Marguerite Martin, creator of MoveToTacoma.com and co-founder of Channel 253. It's bad out there, folks. Home prices in Pierce County are up 15% year over year. While it's no secret that the market is hot, you may not know that Tacoma has been the hottest housing market in the country for several years. There is an extreme shortage of homes for buyers to buy. Having a local Tacoma Buyers Agent that specializes in the neighborhood and price range you're after can mean the difference between losing or winning the bid on your dream home. If you're looking to sell your current home and find something that meets your needs better, having a neighborhood expert handle your listing will impact how much money you net off of your sale. The right agent to market and sell a home on the West Slope might not be the same person who has the expertise and connections to find you an income generating duplex somewhere else. All agents have specialties and I know the players for every niche best of all, it doesn't cost you anything. Great local agents are happy to pay me a finder's fee if you end up buying or selling. And you can rest easy knowing you're going to get a great agent who specializes in exactly what you're looking for. If you want to learn more, visit movetotacoma.com and use the contact form. Thanks for listening to Channel 253.
2: And we're back. Um, I hope you've signed up for Liberal FM at the break and also for your Channel 253 membership. Um, you need to do both. If you have not, hopefully you feel that summer guilt upon you. Um, or you have the break now. Whatever way you want to look at it, you know, yeah. you've had a break. Hopefully you sign those things up. Um, we're gonna jump into nonfiction. So when you think about nonfiction, I remember I hated nonfiction growing up. I mostly read fiction, and it wasn't. And I, I think part of it was like I had exposure to bad nonfiction. Like it was mm-hmm. either textbooks or like self help books, and I was like, that's cool, but I'm not interested in that. It's not an escape world. And it wasn't until college, grad school, when I met. I mean, you know, a lot of actually social studies teachers yeah. who were like, no, here's other nonfiction that's fantastic and it's not just boring. And, you know, it opens up a world, whether we're talking memoirs or we're talking autobiographies, biographies. Yeah. But really, there's a, uh, the genre of narrative nonfiction really gets me. So when you think nonfiction, obviously we all are like, okay, it's true. And I always tell students, it's not fake. They're like, oh, nonfiction, not fake. Okay, great. Is there anything else that makes a good nonfiction mm-hmm. book good to you? What's your personal, what pulls you into a good nonfiction?
1: You know, sometimes I feel like the style of the of the writer, if it mm-hmm. there's a lot of nonfiction that feels like you're reading fiction, yes. and yeah. you know, and so for me, that's it. But I think for many people, many readers, it's the it's the uh, the interest of the mm. of the book itself. You know, I mean, I think working with kids a lot, you have to think about you know, motivation, what interests them. Mm -hmm. And so for nonfiction, I feel like that's kind of your main thing. And and that, of course, is up to the individual. But I think the truth, the, the same is true for me. If I'm interested in the topic... I'll read it. And, you know, I don't like that feeling of having to push through, but I think sometimes people can feel that way with certain nonfiction, yeah. like yeah. to your point of what you said of how you didn't like it when you were a kid. But there is so m- many, there are so many good nonfiction books out mm-hmm. there. You just have to try to find that yeah. style sure. that you like and um, the topics that interest you most.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I really
3: gravitate towards autobiographies. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly, I like, audiobooks of mm-hmm. them narrating it themselves mm-hmm. Yes, is, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's what I really, like, lean into when it comes to nonfiction. And so somebody that I'm just interested in, right? Like, okay. somebody whose story is really interesting and really authentic mm-hmm. in their telling of their story— um, is what I gravitate towards.
2: But I love your point about audiobooks. I think some people have shame around, like, reading through audio, which is ridiculous, um, because it's still, re- you are reading, You're still reading, yeah. you're doing it. Um, but you're right, I, I found that audiobooks, I have a hard time focusing on fiction audiobooks, but when it's nonfiction, I find myself, I can just focus so much better. And I think it's just, again, the style of how it's chunked, mm-hmm. what information is being told. But there's something about, you know, Michelle Obama reading to you. You're like, oh, okay, yep. Michelle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. hey, Michelle. You know, Trevor, nasty. you're like, oh, Trevor, Noah, what's up? <laughs> oh, you know, I'm in yeah, your no, life, the I, best. oh my gosh, one of the best audiobooks. Yeah. Um, yes, like right now, I'm listening to Joe Coy's audiobook again. It's kind of light read, the, com- yeah. the comedian. The comedian. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's so not funny. especially well written, comedian but it's like whatever. Are it's the it's, so, it's fun. It's interesting. Yeah. You kind of zone in and out. You know, you can pause it anytime you need to, and you don't have to worry about tracking. Um, so I definitely love that. So yeah. nonfiction reads. What should people yeah. be reading this summer in the nonfiction category?
1: Um. So something that. You said that just I want to continue on is um, engagement is huge with nonfiction, right? And so one thing that I'm so happy to see this trend in literature is um, adapting great books into graphic novels. yeah. Mm -hmm. And when it comes—I mean— any reader but I think especially with kids um they can really get into topics through graphic novels and there is there are so many great non nonfiction graphic novels out there um you know Nate Bowling actually got me into nonfiction historical graphic novels mm-hmm. he donated a bunch cool. to the library yep. and mm-hmm. I read them all um well not all of them I can't read all of them but um haven't yet but I i really loved this series, this new series called the World Citizens mm-hmm. comic series from First Second Publishers. It is so powerful, so incredible, um, incredibly engaging. And I would categorize it as like middle grade and YA, mm-hmm. not just YA. Yeah. But um, it takes... Um, so the, the very first one in the series is called Unrig, and it takes this complicated, Megan, you know this more than anybody here, this complicated issue of our U.S. electoral system, mm-hmm. and it breaks it down into this incredibly simple but also just fascinating way of explaining it, mm-hmm. the problems with it, the history behind it, its inception, and then what it is today and how it <laughs> you know, it doesn't really necessarily reflect its inception, but yeah. and the problems with it, mm. it's just it's so good. I love that the author incorporates all of those things and adults can learn from it. Kids mm-hmm. can learn from it. Um, and the illustrations are just another way to take in the story. I just recently finished What Unites Us, mm-hmm. which is an adaption of Dan Rather's memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, also incredibly powerful. I learned so much about U.S. history and it propelled me to want to read more. Um, I have not read Faults in Our Constitution yet, or Fault Lines in Our Constitution. Mm-hmm. That's the next in the series. Um, I also wanted to say that earlier in the year, when um, Megan and I were reading Cast, and it is a hefty book to get through, I had to take some breaks. Yeah. But I learned so much about kind of, you know. N- Unknown or or maybe not as well known um, historical people and mm-hmm. historical situations, yeah. and this inspired me to um, read more about these people and to um, listen to a lot of the um, figures that she um, talks about in the book. Um, one of them, well. Several of them, um, and then this got me into wanting to listen to original speeches by mm, people mm-hmm, in history. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I looked, went to the library, the public library, and um, found this incredible um, collection of original speeches. I listened to speeches by JFK, MLK, Obama, Churchill, like a variety of people, and I was really fascinated by several speeches given by Booker T. Washington, mm-hmm. and was then re- uh, like interested in reading up from slavery, and, and then some you lost a whole Basically. Yeah, and then like, <laughs> it's like
3: all you're describing right now is going down the rabbit hole. I'm I mean, sorry. Yeah.
1: I just it's like on Wikipedia.
2: I, what, actually, like, it's like better. The <laughs> only reason I wanted to say that is
1: that uh, what I'm trying to say is that you don't always think of like Up From Slavery uh, or, you know, Booker T. Washington's book about something yeah. that you could get engaged in. But I found myself, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. through this graphic novel series hmm. and through some yeah. other reading that, you know, I did through my job being incredibly fascinated by U.S. history and wanting to find out more about these figures that you don't know that much about until you read about their lives Mm -hmm. and you hear from their very own words, Mm -hmm. you know, what life was like in his lifetime. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely.
3: I, um, as you're talking about graphic novels, one of my recommendations um, is Persepolis. Mm, Yes. Oh, my gosh. So good. Yes. Yes. Um, Yes. And so it, it chronicles a girl, and she, they're living in Iran, and um, it's it's kind of the time where there's that regime shift in the country. And so her family goes from being in power in the government to being the enemy of the government, and it is— So very—like, it is so good. Um, And so that was actually—as you were talking about graphic novels, I'm like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes it very digestible um, for students. And as you're discussing the ones um, about the— The Citizens? Yeah. Yeah. It's called Unrig. It makes me think about— the videos that I show in class, mm-hmm. and um, I show I I rely really heavily on YouTube videos in class to explain more complex concepts, and it does exactly that, right? These YouTube videos they they um, illustrate and narrate these systems, um, but that's exactly what a graphic novel is doing. Mm-hmm. It's illustrating and narrating these like really complex systems in a digestible way, mm-hmm. which is what we've been mm-hmm. talking about. It's like the theme of this mm-hmm. episode.
2: Yeah, one of our listeners, Grant Ruby, recommended the March series. By John mm. Lewis, and I think if you haven't yeah. read that, get in there. There's three of them. It really, like you, like you just said, it unpacks and breaks apart some things that you know you have maybe peripherally mm-hmm. in your psyche, your history class, whatever, whatever. But because it's told through John Lewis's lens, um, there's just some things that are mm-hmm. highlighted differently. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's a graphic novel, I think it really brings. Um, together things in a new way and helps you visualize maybe something that you feel like is abstract or even for folks who are like, well, I know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. I would say just go read it anyway. It's Mm going to, it'll kind of tie some things in together for you, I think.
3: Also, um, I was going to recommend, this was recommended to me by um, our principal yesterday. It's actually coming in the mail today Mm -hmm. for me, Um, but After the Fall, Being American in the World We've Made by Ben Rhodes Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of it's unpacking what it means to be American and and kind of the complex systems that America has created globally yeah. and internationally. So I'm really excited to start reading that. I'm going on driving down to Tahoe um, in a couple of weeks for mm-hmm. a wedding, and I'm going to have some reading time in the car. So I'm like stocking up on books now.
2: Yeah, perfect.
1: Sounds so good.
2: Other nonfiction recs?
1: Um, I mean, oh, gosh. Well, I... I mentioned memoirs, Mm -hmm. um... I was going to say this for our kind of surprising category. Oh, yeah, we can leave but, that for that. Okay. We can leave that for that.
2: I, I'll, I'll shout out a couple other folks. There was a few folks in Channel 253 that have been working their way through Clint Smith's new book, mm-hmm. How the World is Past, A Reckoning with the History of Slavery Across mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. Also something on my list to read. I haven't read it yet, but folks are just saying it's incredible. And, you, you know, if yeah. you've read anything by Clint Smith or even follow him on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know um, he has a way with words that just is really, really powerful. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm working through right now the audio um obama's audiobook mm. our promised mm-hmm. land um, so long <laughs> and then we were talking about so, i know yeah we were talking about comed- like comedians autobiographies yeah. amy polar and tina phase are really oh, great yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: those <laughs> are super super Bussy light pants, too. Listen yeah, to so that. yes Bussy Bussy Pants. pants. <laughs> yes please <Yep. laughs> uh tarvin again one of our great recommenders recommended a book called how we get free black feminism and the kambahi river collective mm-hmm. by Kiagana. Kamata Taylor Um, that's pretty incredible she said it's really great you bring some some joy and some um, focus in reading Uh, Nate Bowling recommended wait for it a book on stocks and investment. Shock. Shock. <laughs> uh, he describes what? it. Uh, stock picking is like picking a needle in a haystack with index fund investing. But with index fund investing, you buy the whole haystack. I'm sure mm. I just messed that up, but if you are into stocks, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and it's the book called The Little Book of Common Sense Investing by John Bogle. Mm. So if you're into that for this summer, throw that on your reading list. Um, and also some of you were recommending just bringing us back to a Nerd Farm Reads um, by Chanel Miller, Know My Name. Mm. Again, if you have not mm-hmm. read that, um, please go read that. And Shalom Miller is actually, I think, working on another book or just came out. So uh, fantastic writer and just really... Uh, highlighting some issues around sexual assault and whether or not we believe women. And so it is very accessible Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Okay, let's talk about some books that are kind of in this category of like surprising reads or something that you think like you can't help but love it. Um, We've got a number (laughs) more recs from folks online that we'll throw in here. I'm just going to dump them into this category because I don't really know where they fit. But what would you say? What's something you can't help read, or that you're like, "Ooh, this was surprisingly good."
1: So don't hate me. Nobody yes. hate me. Okay, <laughs> nobody think I'm a bimbo. Ready? We got our Nobody Mel. think I'm a bimbo. But okay, I'm an I am a child of the. 80s and a teenager of the 90s. Okay, yeah, so yeah. say it, say it. I have to say that ahead, but I've been. I heard a lot of buzz about this memoir, and I decided to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. the authenticity just smacks you in the face. I loved Jessica Simpson's memoir. Oh! <laughs> it's called, I was like, who are you going to say? Know, I'm like, oh I'm oh sorry. my gosh, don't hate me. Where, no. where are we going? No, with it's, it's just, just that, we're that we're you know, obviously her. for obvious reasons, not everybody loves her, and I get it. But the thing is, it just took me back to the 90s. Mm. It just took me back to the 90s. And, but not just that, like, I just, I loved her story and I just felt like, um, she really told the experience of growing up in the public eye and just the sexualization of women, especially young women and especially in the music industry and the Hollywood industry. And she told very personal stories of her relationships and not just her romantic relationships, but her family Mm -hmm. relationships. And, um, some losses that she had and i just i loved it and it was it surprised me because i don't usually read um memoirs by celebrities and i don't usually well i don't usually pay attention to those kinds of books um but it's so good and it it deserves all the praise i'm sorry but it deserves (laughs) all the praise that it's gotten it It was like a it was like a bestseller for weeks and weeks and weeks. And and it's in her voice, like to to your point about people telling their own story through their own voice. Mm -hmm. This is the first thing that came to mind when I thought surprising because I was surprised at how much I loved Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that if you think about all of the I honestly, girls, young girls
3: that grew up in that time yeah. in the public eye, like the Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera's and Jessica Simpsons and Mandy Moore's and like all of these girls that were hypersexualized and the impact on their psyche and the impact on their relationships that they had in their lives. I think it like crosses over from like really light and funny into like very real conversations around her relationship with her body. Her relationship yes. with her family, her relationship with men, hmm. um, the world's fixation, the on world's her virginity, fixation and, on and just, yeah. Yeah. things it's, like It really said. was. It's a really interesting. interesting look at this, like very strange time hmm. um, of like how the public, um, like related. Because I think of like Britney Spears and the fixation on did she have a boob job at yeah, the time right. she was like a sixteen year old girl, right? Oh. Like when we unpack all of those things, it's really
1: problematic. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it a lot recently with all the news about Britney like Spears, like the Britney movement. movement, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and reading about her life and what it's like and the conser- conservatorship that's over her life yeah, that's, and things. That so it's yeah, it's like this really interesting
3: yeah. thing that the world did to these girls, mm-hmm. and and really like consumed them and mm-hmm. treated them like they were mm-hmm. um, property, mm-hmm. right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, other books that surprise you? I, I, I Thanks for recommending that. I think that's good for us to get, get us thinking. And things that surprised you or that you just kind of I mean, put in this? The, the, should read.
1: This is another celebrity memoir, but. <laughs> yes! All the I love memoir. that it's in his voice and it's funny. Oh my gosh, it's funny. So, Green Lights by um, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> it's also <laughs> no. very, very good. I'm sorry. It was good, okay? It's funny. He's funny. I. I, love or, or hate it, his voice, he, read he reads it, it in his Absolutely. own that. Love fine. or hate his voice, I love his voice, yeah. I don't, I but um. We want also, hilarious, oh, okay. right, right, we don't, all right. yeah, we don't need to unpack it, but also kind of a journey in time, like, <laughs> oh, you know,
3: like, I don't think he's like, making a run for governor of Texas. What? Are you joking me? Yeah, he's like, that's, he's totally preparing himself and setting himself up for a run for governor that. of Texas. Yeah. I did not know that. That's okay. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why he like, put out that
1: book. (laughs) Okay, okay. I don't know. I think the thing about this that really stood out is is his very applicable advice for life, which Mm -hmm. you don't think about his life as really being like, well, I don't think about his life as being like my life. But it was really, I mean, he's just such a positive guy. Yeah. And he's learned a lot and he shares a lot of that wisdom. So I was surprised by how good it was. Right. Um, One thing that's
2: kind of surprised um, from Nate and I is we kind of got back into Agatha Christie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which part Classic. of it, I had a couple students um, in the spring here who were like reading her mysteries. And then apparently there's a whole bunch that have been turned into movies on Netflix or not oh, Netflix, yeah. Amazon Prime. So we've been watching those with my parents. It's a really great way to just like, you know, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of weird. But then we realized, you know, a lot of them are adaptations for books, obviously. And so we re-downloaded and we watched and then re-downloaded The, the Pale Horse. It's just um, really, re- re- really well read and just kind of a fun, weird mystery um, as all of her stuff is. So If you're looking for an escape in that way. Um, I think that's been really good. Um, we have a couple wrecks from Carrie is Cranky on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks, love Gary, her. for suggesting mm-hmm.
2: these. Uh, the Once in Future Witches by Alex Harrow. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's an alt-histories about the Salem witch trials Ooh. and women's suffrage yeah. movement. And it's um, led by two, three sisters who hate love each other in mm-hmm. the realest way possible. So I oh just my love
1: gosh. that description. Hocus Pocus? Yeah, I know, right? That's immediately what I thought
2: about. So that was a great rec from her. Um, also, let's see, she also recommended a couple other books. The City We Became mm-hmm. by N.K. Jemisin and Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall K- oh, Kimmerer. Yes. Kimmerer. Um and so again we'll link to all that if um I'm saying people's names wrong. So uh there's a few other wrecks there. Uh other wrecks, what anything else you're kinda of thinking about in surprises as we wrap up here.
1: Um, well, I have some recs for families. Oh, perfect! But, okay, um, let's okay. go into that.
2: So, uh, we'll actually do a couple quick recs for educators. If that's you're really in the bad. house, yeah, yeah. we have a couple books you probably want to read this summer. If you did not read some of the ones that were going around last summer, you should, right? Whether we're talking about Stamped or Cast or whatever, some of the books that were popular last summer, make sure that you are trucking your way through those. I think even if you can't do all of them at one point, that's fine. Um, but this summer, one of the ones that popped up on my list that I am going to start soon is called a book. A book called "These Kids Are Out of Control: mm-hmm. Why We Must Reimagine Classroom Management for Equity" mm-hmm. by Milner Cunningham and a bunch of other authors, and so I'm excited about reading that. Just thinking about classroom management and equity, uh, uh, equity, yeah. Did I say that right? Okay. I'm thinking housing equity all of a sudden. Um, yes. So as a teacher, I think that's something important. Uh, I put a, a book in this category by that was recommended by Joe Eisenman as well called We Do This Till We Free We Free Us, Abolitionist Organizing and Transforming Justice. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of gets into the science and the art of organizing. And I just mm-hmm. thought, you know, teachers, we, we should be reading this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Kristen, you wrote a book that I think fits in this category. <laughs>
1: um, well, I—
2: gives a little horn tootin here. Mm-hmm. I
1: have to correct you. I I read I wrote one chapter. You wrote, the you book. wrote the in book. <laughs> <laughs> a book. <laughs> um, I was so honored to be asked to be part of this. It's called Core Values in School Librarianship and each chapter is written by um, Different pair of librarians that partnered up on a certain topic. Mm -hmm. So and a fantastic teacher librarian up in Ballard. Her name is Tuesday. Um Tuesday (laughs) um chambers. She's fantastic, and she was the librarian of the year, 2019, I believe. Um we did a chapter on advocacy, um, advocating Mm -hmm. for your students through the your school library, and um, like I said, it was an honor to write. There are some incredible librarians who've contributed to the book, um, including Kristen. anything yeah. from <laughs> the, yours truly. Yeah, um, and we did. We actually did a recent webinar, which I'd love to link oh, okay. to yep. your it. page, um, it, where I participated with several of my co-authors and kind of talked a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of the book. Go, cool. it's right uh Oh no,
3: so, no, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. So. In my grad program, I read—it's called Pillars of the Republic. Um, it is dense. It is—at the time, I was, like, rolling my eyes when I when I had to read it because I was like, this is so dense and kind of dry. Um, And—but I have found that in my work in social justice and my work in discussing— um, systemic racism in the school system it has been my number mm-hmm. one go-to in referencing mm-hmm. um, and so when I have spoken about the feminization of the teaching profession which is why mm-hmm. teachers make less money and why society kind of sees it as that that this is what I reference this book when I discuss how public schools were created to indoctrinate immigrant children into like the American way of life because um, white men in power felt that Black and brown children were going to ruin our democracy. Mm -hmm. And so they created public schools to get them out of the streets and put them into a room and indoctrinate them into the way of, um, I'm using quotation marks pretty heavily, like American life. Um, It's all really Mm -hmm. outlined in this book. And so I I really do think that if you are a teacher that is interested or trying to be anti-racist, really trying to unpack the um, racism that is embedded into the foundation of our public school system... it's the history of that it it really gives you the talking points needed to really tackle and unpack um those things so it's i'm warning you it's not like a fun read it's it's not an like super (laughs) enjoyable read it's really interesting it is dry you're gonna have to take some time it reads like a textbook Mm -hmm. um but that's because it's it's so informative Mm -hmm. it's really really informative so I really I highly recommend it wow. this is awesome
2: uh, three books I want to mention really fast um, for educators out there The Practice of Adaptive Leadership a lot of folks are reading that right now and recommend it for the summer uh, Frego recommended a book called Raising Free People Unschooling as Liberation and Healing Work mm. and so that book is around testing standardized testing and, and learning and, and a few other things with that um, also a book called Silencing the Past that was recommended to us by Dr. Erica Researcher on Twitter um, it's the power and production of history so again kind of getting into some of those pieces, um, I think all teachers and educators need to read some of these things around s- systems and history, even if you're not a history teacher. And so, I just want to mm-hmm. put a plug there. Uh, let's end our episode on recommendations for families. So, Kristen, help us out. Kind of back to the lighter stuff. Um, what do you? What, what should? What should families be reading together this mm-hmm. summer?
1: So for this category, I'd wanted to first share just some generalized advice sure. and then share some specific advice about what I do with my pan- family personally. So um, nothing propels reading like genuine personal interest, mm-hmm. kind of how we said before. So when considering reading with kids or as a family, ask yourself what topics make my children's eyes light up? Like what gets lively conversation at um, around the dinner yep. table? Um this can help you be more, um, think more clearly about books that you select. Mm-hmm. So start there and then be resourceful. So one way to be resourceful is to reach out to your local librarian. Hey. Um, parents can sometimes feel like they need to do so much for their kids, but this is one way you can empower them is by selecting their own reading or selecting our, the family read. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can encourage them to just go up to their librarian or to, for the librarian to explain some for kid-friendly digital um, resources that are available on the website as well. Um, libraries are always developing better systems of support, mm-hmm. including digital support. So one such thing is called Novelist, and I just live by Novelist. It is the best um, digital uh, support for finding your next read. Um, What it is is it's basically a book database. And so you can literally select a book based on your interest, your favorite genre, your favorite author, your your even your mood. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you feel like reading? Mm-hmm. And you can there's a drop down menu you can select from dozens of moods. And what's it's just so spot on. I don't mm-hmm. know who developed it, but they did an incredible job. And um another great feature is just let's say you have a favorite book. Let's say you want that feeling when you read Walk Two Moods. You want that feeling back. Mm-hmm. So you put walk two moons and it will give you, you know, other readers who love Walk Two Moons mm-hmm. love these titles. And then you can find your next read that way. Um, So another thing that I Use on a weekly basis is newsletters. So Tacoma Public Library, and I'm sure most library systems have newsletters, and these are also age specific, genre specific, and it doesn't just send bestsellers; it sends like parent recommendations and so and librarian recommendations. And so these are two tools that I just want to Mm -hmm. mention to Mm -hmm. families because um, they're incredible tools. Um, I don't really think I need to put a plug for Goodreads or Common Sense Media, but those are also two great sources where you can read about the books before you get them and you can get ratings. Um, And also just levels of appropriateness. Like Mm -hmm. you don't want to get something that reads too young or something Mm -hmm. that reads too old. Um, So for us, um, you know, all of those things um, apply. My kids are 8 and 10, or actually 11, excuse me, now. (laughs) Um, And my kids like different things but there are some things that we all love um the I survived series is incredible you learn real history but from like a fictional character who's in the middle of a natural disaster war some aspect of history where they are living through this um and you get to learn about it through their eyes and it's it's a kid, mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. And they are adapting the series to graphic novels. I, I don't know how many there are. I think there are dozens of the original I Survived series. But I believe she has three or four graphic cool. novels. That is an incredible series to look into if your kids love, you know, I, I mean, I'd call it an adventure. But you also get to learn history. Um this past year, um, unfortunately it was for a funeral, but we went to Tupelo, Mississippi mm-hmm. and, um, the kids learned about Elvis, didn't know about him. Mm-hmm. And in the gift shop, we bought who is Elvis. It's one of those who is series. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is also an incredible series, um, to teach your kids about real people, oh. both living and past mm-hmm. who, um, lived incredible lives. And that's another series we love, um, we, I also do a lot of read-aloud series with them. Um, it, this is not some hidden secret, but Rorden is awesome, Rick Rorden. Mm. And he also has a—they're adapting his books to graphic novels. Awesome. So books that we have read as a family, my daughter and son are now reading on their own oh, in cool. a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, and so I also think, think about your family's history. Um, my husband is from Honduras. My parents are from Cuba. And so we've been reading about history from our— respective Mm -hmm. you know ancestral countries and that's been powerful too because the kids have no idea about Mm -hmm. anything about Mm -hmm. these countries Mm -hmm. and they get to learn about not only their country america but also um their families you know their grandparents and their dad's um country so we've been reading um books um based in those places or at least written by people who Mm -hmm. lived there um and so that's another thing too so think about your own family what's unique about it and um give some meaning to your kids you know Mm -hmm. regarding your history and your family Mm -hmm.
2: i love that thank you so much for sharing those resources and recommendations as well i'm sure listeners um I actually hopefully you weren't listening in your car because you could never write any of this yeah, down. Sadly <laughs> you'll notes. have to go back.
3: <laughs> Show notes. Um,
2: Kristen, how can people find you if they want to reach out to you to either support your work at Lincoln or to follow your recommendations for more books?
1: Thank you. So um I'm on Twitter and Lincoln Abe's Read and I'm on Instagram LincolnAbesRead. Read. Um I have some kind of associated um Uh, handles that I use for book clubs and things and that's right there in the bio if you wanted to check out those but those are the main accounts Um, I post our um, events our fundraisers I I read a lot and so I post about the books I read I usually link to more information um, in the posts Um, so that's where you can find me perfect Uh, thank you again for coming on the show Uh, all right y'all let's do our
2: classic ending ready bye bye Bye.
0: Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you.
3: Like, like, or like, oh my god, if you knew how difficult it was to do my hair. Like, yeah, oh my god, curly hair's the worst. Blah, blah, blah. I used yeah. to do that all the time. And yes. it was like, I look good.
0: The Interchangeable White Ladies podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer. Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flanders B Team, We Art Tacoma, and what say you? This is Channel 253.